So we've been doing a series on different names of God. Find a good marker here. Names of God, specifically names that Jesus called himself. Titles, okay? Himself, these things. He was the door, and he was the good shepherd, and the living water, and other things we talked about in this series. Um, but today we're going to talk about a new one, a different one. He called himself the Word. Well, he was called the Word. <clears throat> so one of the things I have learned in my life is about parenting, and... When you grow up, when you're young, you think you have certain thoughts about parenting. Really, when you're young, probably the, the first thing you do is think of names that you won't ever name your children, right? That's one of the first things you think of, and as, as a teenager or a young teenager, you go, I'll never name my kid that, and I'll never name my kid that. And then maybe as you grow a little bit, you say, well, I might name my kid this or that. And then you start to go and you say, well, I see how those kids act. My kids won't act like that. Oh, right? <laughs> and then you, this is how my kids are going to act. You, you got it all figured out by the time you're almost going to be a parent somewhere along the line. And I'm going to be a parent this way, and I'm going to do this for my kids, and I'm not going to do that for my kids. And then you have a child. By about the 14th day, with no sleep and no peace, you have no idea. You realize you have no idea what you're doing as a parent. And then as you have more kids and longer time when you have kids, then you know that you don't know what you're doing as a parent. <laughs> you just have no idea. I thought I really, when I was young, was going to get it all straight. I was going to do it all just right. But what happens is that you realize every kid is different, a new challenge. Every kid is stronger than you and, and more energetic than you. And they can figure out things pretty fast. They know just what to do. And you're just more and more tired as time goes on. There's a famous quote that says, we have seen the enemy and they are small. <laughs> well, you realize somewhere along the line, I have got to turn this thing around because I cannot have my kids growing up being like that. If we don't stop this freight train of personality, uh, then we might get hurt or somebody else might get hurt. So we need to kind of turn it around. We need to figure out how to get this thing right as a parent and we need to figure out what to say to them. What do we say that will actually help them? How can we change their attitude? How can we do something as a parent that might actually be constructive for them? And there is the thing called the toothpaste theorem. If you've ever heard about the toothpaste theorem... You use toothpaste, and you squeeze it all out, you know, you squeeze it and keep putting it out there. You cannot put it back in the tube, okay? 
It does not go back in the tube. You can try, but it doesn't go in there. It is the very same thing with all the things you say to your children. The words you say you cannot put back in. And so you start to think a little bit smarter, you hope, as a parent. And you start to realize, I've got to hurry this thing up and figure out what to say to my kids that's going to help them somewhere along the line. How can I express to my child what I need? How, what, what do I say? How do I express all the things inside of me that I have to say? And I want to say things to them. I want to tell them I care about you. But every one of them needs to hear it in a different way. So how do I say that? I want to say I want the best for you. And as they snarl and sneer back, you've got to convince them that that's good, right? And I want to tell them you belong to our family. And that's an important thing. You belong to us. And I want to tell them I want you to take the best pathway. And I want to tell them I forgive you. I want to tell them that they are valued. And sometimes I want to tell them, I love you, but you need to stop what you're doing right now. (laughs) What you did or said is not okay. That seems to be more often than sometimes. Sometimes you want to tell them something like, this is how much I love you and let me show you. We have these things that we need to get across to our kids. And as you, as you try to be a parent and muddle through the whole thing, and you try to think of the things you got to say to your kids, and you try to say, can I give them this message? How do I get this message to them? You hopefully start to be able to express to them when, when you know who they are. You learn who these kids are and how they react. We all have those messages that we realize are important, and they are uniquely expressed to us. Every kid is the same. Now you've got to step back and look at that from God's perspective for just a few minutes. God, in his mighty wisdom, looked down across the human race before it was a human race. And he said... I'm going to have billions of these children, and I'm going to make not a one the same. From the beginning to the end of the entire existence of this human race, I am going to create a human race, and they will not understand what I am telling them. They will not understand about me. They will know so little when they start. Just like our children do not know our intentions, we do not understand God's intentions. We tell other people or we think about God and we say, well, he does this or he's kind of mean or or, I think he's looking to get me on this. We just don't understand the way God is trying to express things to us until he really reaches out and speaks directly to us. And so as he looks Across, I think, the human race, he understands I have to communicate 
I have to get this clear and correct for each one of those kids. So what does he do? Well, this is where the word comes in to play. The name of the word, where Jesus gets this name and says, I must communicate. Right? What I think. My thoughts towards you as an individual. That's what God is trying to do. So what does he do? Well, he, like in anything God does, he does it in a fantastic way, a full way, an expressive way, a way that cannot be forgotten, and a way that is unique and individual to everyone. So here it is. John chapter 1. Let's look up what this means a little bit. The name of the word. We're going to start in John. going to start in John. Look this up. John chapter 1, verse number 1. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. The word, it says right there, he was in the beginning. He already was. When the beginning started, however you want to say that, God was already there. This word was already there. The word existed already. Has always existed. He was always there in the beginning, and he was God. All right? He was with God, and he was God. So they're explaining to you what this word is, because this is a different concept. Now, when we think about words, we're trying to express something. When we're trying to tell our children something, we're trying to communicate a thought to them. It doesn't happen by osmosis. You have to speak to them to get it. All right? You speak something to them so that they understand, and you have to speak it again. And then you speak it again, and again, and again, a lot of times. Because oftentimes, children aren't even listening to start with. And guess what? Neither are adults. When God's speaking, we don't listen. We don't hear what God has to say so often, and God is... In the beginning, God is saying, I, I want to communicate this, who I am. So he said, I'm going to send a letter first. And my letter is going to communicate my love to my people. And so he begins to work through people like Moses, who writes some of the books of the Bible. Okay? And others like Joshua or Samuel or David. He, he reaches through these people and starts to send messages. And he says, but that's not enough. I need to do more. I can tell them I love them. I can write in a letter. But what I really need to do is visit them. It's not the same 
It's not the same if you get a letter from a relative, although it's exciting. Hey, I got a letter. I, I learned about that person as that person shows up on your doorstep or you go out to visit a person. It's a totally different thing. You can have somebody across the nation and they can give you a phone call, but it's not the same as showing up at your house. And so God says, well, in order to really communicate this, what I'm going to do in my letter, I'm going to tell you about my trip here. And I'm going to come visit you. I'm coming to visit you. I'm going to come and see you. Verse number 14. So we skip down to see a little bit more about the Word. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Okay, I'm going to put that up here so we don't forget to come back to it. Grace and truth is what the Word is filled of. But first of all, he came down to visit, all right? So that was the point. He came to visit and dwell among us. What this is really kind of mean, the word kind of means when you say dwell among us, they come and you stay in a tent. That's kind of what this word dwell means because we're all kind of in these temporary tents. We live in our bodies here and they ain't going to last forever. And Jesus came down and temporarily lived among us as humans and said, I'm going to stay here with you just so you understand. I'm going to take a visit, a short visit, because I want you to see something. I want to express to you something. And that is what the Word did when Jesus came down. Jesus is that Word. And He became flesh and He lived with us. He lived with humans. And in the greatest expression of love that mankind has ever seen, he died to show what God really thinks of us. He gave his own life to show, to express what God really thinks. And Jesus said there is no greater love than a man lay down his life for his friend. And so if you're trying to express something, Jesus does it completely and fully. And God is saying, I want you to understand who I really am. I am not that great judgmental God sitting and waiting to pound on you when you mess up. I am waiting to forgive you. And yes, I am a righteous God. And yes... There is judgment that comes, but I long for you just to learn. Just like if you speak to your kids, you're not waiting to catch them in things. You don't want your kids to trip up. You want them to be in that best place in life. You want them to grow up and have the greatest opportunities. You want them to succeed. God does not want us to fail. He wants us to succeed, and he's trying to tell us that. So how does he best do it? I'll give my life so that you know. This is the way I communicate this to you. I am the word and completely telling you what my love is like. I give it all up to you. 
He does it perfectly. He does it in a way, and it says that we see his glory. We see his deity when he is here. We have glimpses of the fact that Jesus is God. And we, we saw that and we read that in the beginning there, that he was God. The word came down and expressed God's love to us perfectly. Jesus perfectly communicated it to us. That message, an exact picture of what we were to do. So what is this grace and truth that he gave to us? Well, grace is unmerited favor. Okay? Unmerited favor is what God's been communicating to us. That means gentle. That means kind. Okay? God is going to treat us in a kind way. And then another thing is truth. That truth means absolute. It means genuine. These are the things that Jesus came down to communicate to us. Grace, and this is the way God would like to treat us. We don't deserve it, but we need it. And so he treats us with unmerited favor, gentle and kind, thinking of only us when he does it. And when he does it, he brings truth, authenticity. He brings actuality. He brings righteousness, certainty, and honesty. All of those things in truth. And we look at that today, and if there ever was a time in this world when truth has been tried to be erased and gotten rid of and pushed aside and covered over, they don't want truth. But Jesus came to give us truth, something absolute. In a world where everything is shaken and nothing stands, Jesus says, I'm here to give you the absolute truth. It's missing in this broken and tired world. Truth and grace are something we need. And so this is what he's saying. I'm communicating this to you. This is what I think about you. You need to follow the truth. You need to be graceful because this is what I'm doing for you. I'm giving you this good pathway, the only pathway. Now, when Jesus stood before Pilate, Pilate can ask him some questions. And Pilate was a very smart man, but a very political man in the very same breath. If we turn to John a little bit further, John chapter 18, we'll see the conversation that Jesus had with Pilate. John chapter number 18, verse number 37 So let's start at verse number 35. Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Thine own nation and the chief priests have delivered thee unto me. What hast thou done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight 
that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now is my kingdom not from hence. Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou a king then? Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. To to this end was I born. For this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Every one that is of the truth heareth my voice. Pilate said unto him, What is truth? And when he had said this, he went out again unto the Jews and said unto them, I find in him no fault at all. Here you are, Pilate's given that moment of decision because Jesus says, I'm I'm not apologizing for who I am. I'm not here to take over the Roman Empire. My kingdom is something entirely different that you don't understand. But I am here to straighten out the way mankind thinks about God. I'm here to give you the real truth behind the way God thinks of us. And so he puts himself out there willingly to die. And Pilate, of course, doesn't know exactly what to say to him. And he kind of says, well, what's truth anyways? Oh, everybody has their own truth. But Jesus never says more than, I'm here to tell the real truth. I'm here to tell the real truth. You will witness the truth. You'll see it. In a perfect way, Jesus expressed what God had to say. Let's turn over to Hebrews. The book of Hebrews. Chapter number 1. Chapter number 1, book of Hebrews, verse number 1. God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets. All right, so in before time, before Jesus came, he used the prophets to tell his message. All right, verse 2. Hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he hath had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. This is what we have now. This is the best way that God can communicate to us as his children his thoughts towards us. You want to know what God thinks about us, then read the words of Jesus. Open up the New Testament and go in the book of Matthew. Read the words of the Sermon on the Mount. Read the words in John about God so loving the world he gave his only begotten son. See, Jesus was sent here to exactly explain through his life, what God thinks of us as humans. To communicate, to have that word. And he did a pretty wonderful job at it. An amazing job. In a way that we struggle 
often to communicate to our own kids, to the people around us. And he says, I want to tell you this, and I want you to reflect this too into the other humans around you. Reflect the grace, reflect the truth to the other humans around you, and work to communicate as I have in this perfect way through the word I have communicated perfectly, you reflect that into the people around you, into your relationships, and you will see that the truth and the grace comes out, and it is changing to people's lives. Real truth, real grace. Jesus is the perfect picture, the express image, in other words, the way to express God's meaning to us. He's the perfect way for us to understand it. If I could only get half of that right with my own kids, I'd be doing good. Right? If I can only do a little tiny portion of that with the people around to express what God is really like and how God has worked in my heart, changed me, I'd be doing good. I'd be doing well. So that's the word. The word that... It was perfectly communicated to us by coming into this world. Coming into this world to say, I love you. And that's what his words meant to us in a very deep, very full way. And we see all the things he said to us and how he changed us. Gave us that opportunity to understand. Thank you very much.